Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure to have a co-host and a guest today. I'm going to start by introducing our guest, Cara Serena. Welcome, Cara. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Uh, so great to have you. Kara is the SVP of sales at ListTrack, and they are a digital marketing platform for retail. And then my co-host today is Allie Merritt. Welcome, Allie. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Allie, I just discovered, is uh, SalesLoft OG, and she's been at SalesLoft for six years, so she's got me beat by four years. Today, we're going to talk all about a truly client-first mentality to sales, and you'll understand very soon why that is our topic today as we get into the discussion with Kara. And Kara, I'm going to start out by asking you a question, which is, how do you keep the saw sharp? How do you like to learn? So I think there's a lot of ways to learn, and I use really any and every channel I can, whether that's books, podcasts, um, people on my team, um, people that I report into in our leadership team. I'd say most importantly um, is to learn from our clients, to learn from retailers and brands on their experiences and their challenges, and that keeps us really smart. Well, whenever I hear a what, I always have a how question. So the why is obvious here, but how do you actually go about learning from retailers? How do you learn talking to your customers? If you ask people questions and you show an interest, a genuine interest to learn and grow, uh, they are willing to answer. So we utilize uh, call recording software and uh, on both of our client services and our sales teams. Uh, you can go in and listen to calls. You can ask to jump on calls. People love to talk about themselves and their business and what keeps them up at night. And all you have to do is ask. A lot of my background is in client services and strategy. So I'm not your typical sales leader who's had uh, decades leading you know, outside sales teams. I was head of client services at ListTrack and uh, have worked for a number of digital agencies and platforms, all in client services and strategy. So being able to have those conversations and get on the phone and, and ask those questions is, you know, some of my favorite things to do. So that's not usually how companies are willing to take a risk on client services, moving to sales kind of thing. Um, so can you talk to me about ListTrack and how they approach that and why they were agreement for a truly client first approach to sales? Our owners, Ross and Howard Kramer, I think both recognized that they needed to have a client first structure and mentality throughout the company. Clients have always been you know, most important to them. It's what drives the company's roadmap. It is what defines what we do and who we are. It's how we've stayed kind of ahead of the game in, in digital marketing for, for more than 20 years. Our CEO, Ross, identified a need in the sales team to treat, manage, build relationships with clients, prospects the same way they did clients. So he asked me to move over and uh, lead the sales team, which I would agree with you feels like a little bit of a risk. It served us well because from the start, I think our methodology is treat our prospects like they're a client from day one. There's the quote, if you had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse versus a car. Where do you find that balance in utilizing your customer feedback? Rather than taking the exact words a client gives you, what we're doing is using it to influence our roadmap. Everything we do is under the guides to grow our client's business. 
we don't go after, you know, shiny objects and technology that's that's fancy and shows well in marketing pieces, but actually doesn't provide any value. Everything we do is to provide value and grow their business. It is our single goal. So our clients provide a lot of feedback. I mean, we get, to your point, um, things that, you know, make sense and things that will grow their business and then just, just off the wall ideas. So we use all of that input as influence. And then all of our development team is in-house. And we also have you know, strategists involved in understanding what that input is and using that to deliver on the roadmap. How do you hear about that success back from your clients? You know that you've nailed it. We go through a process in the sales cycle where we are assessing their program as it stands today before they use List Track. Ultimately, we're looking at all of the aspects of that program and using that as a basis to ultimately show them where they have gaps. Where do you have gaps in your program? Where are you missing opportunities? Where are you leaving money on the table? That is a lot of our sales cycle. Um, That takes a level of expertise to be able to identify what areas could they uh, capitalize on that they're not today. Then we go through a process that either, you know, usually at six months, at a year, at, at two years, you know, with list track, we're assessing and going through reviews with our clients to make sure that from that initial review, they're growing, they're moving their way up the scale. And ultimately, we are going back to them and talking to them about, about their success. We're reviewing those initial results to their results with List Track. And they are so pleased with their success. It is an easy ask to do case studies, referrals, you know, anything and everything to get the word out. What changes, if any, did you make in terms of who has what responsibilities between account executives, account managers, CSMs? How have you structured your team? The main structure change that I would say we made was to uh, surround the sales managers with expertise. So our team isn't any longer built out with just just sales managers, nor would I expect some of our folks who are, I think, you know, could be called account executives or sales managers to learn, you know, what I have in my experience. Um, so I immediately saw an ability to use the skill of a sales manager who, you know, has had the decades of experience in these kinds of situations and surround them with experts in the sales process. So we did bring strategists into the sales team. We did bring sales business analysts into the sales team. Sales is typically more locked down and prescriptive versus people with writing backgrounds being able to sort of go a little bit more loosely. Have you seen benefits in giving more scope to your sales team based on these skills that they already had? We certainly do give more ability to our sales team to craft new content, outreach, you know, conversations. It's a certain subset of the sales team that really has, you know, writing ability. So we are running a lot of things through those people. But the more it becomes set or scripted, the less flexibility we have to change with the dynamic of a situation. We really are flexible and work to understand each individual person and each individual prospect that we're talking to because they are also different. I think there are are guides and groupings of ways to do things, but I think they have to have the ability to flex in order to remain effective. How does that subset of sales with writing skills work with like marketing, for example, in many companies, marketing is the one setting the go-to-market messaging and then working with sales from there? I'd say more and more our sales team is influencing 
our marketing. Ultimately, it is one of our SBAs who is is writing uh, case studies for our company now, really because they saw the the pre list track version of the program, and now they are you know following up and and interviewing to get the post. Our prospects want to hear that case studies and clients that we have today were like them. You know, we're struggling the way they were. We're looking for ways to be more personalized. We're looking for ways to drive more revenue. Felt that their programs had plateaued, you know, saw the similar challenges. If they can recognize that the before is like their current, they believe more. I think too often we focus on you'll have these numbers and you'll have these great metrics and you'll grow, you know, 40%. It's like, well, how do you know that? And unless you can show me someone that two years ago or a year ago was where I am today, it's hard for them to believe the results. What were some of the assumptions that you had about sales or frustrations you had with sales leaders that when you actually got in the role, you realized, oh my goodness, this is as hard as they were saying it was? I was, uh, I was shocked at how long a sales cycle can last, how long those conversations can happen. I think I was surprised and impressed by how much of a relationship the sales managers are creating. I think I always assumed the sales guys were out there. They were saying a bunch of stuff, you know, selling the product, sometimes selling things that we, we didn't or couldn't do. And I assumed that it was like, hand it over and you move on. Um, and it really isn't the case at all. They are building strong relationships. And one of the most eye-opening times I had was for a while, we were doing post-sales process surveys. To the point I made earlier, I wanted to hear why we won or why we lost. They were both equally as important to me. And one of the notes on why we won that I was, I was just shocked by, I never thought it was the case. They said, we know ListTrack has great service because of our sales manager. It's like, oh, how does a sales manager show you service? Was it was it words they said? How did they explain it? And they said, no, not how they explained it. It's how they treated me. And I think what we don't realize is that prospects see the salespeople as their first inclination of how they'll be treated, you know, from that company. I never thought that. I thought, you know, these sales managers need an account manager to get on the phone or they need them to walk through, you know, six slides on our service. That's not the case. We just have to train and and promote customer service in sales. That's their glimpse into the sales process. And I think some of that influence our decisions to put more people from, you know, inside the list track organization and move them into sales because they they need to see those things. And if you can expose them to that earlier rather than later, it gives them reasons to believe. Listen more than you talk ask follow-up questions. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been on calls and, you know, either jumped in or just stopped and, and used terms like, talk to me a little bit more about that. They can go on and on. And, you know, there's a book I really like called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And he talks about, you know, getting to the black swan and finding, you know, new information every time you speak to someone And I think that's a key to live by. If you can get new information out of every call, you're making progress. And I think the more you can just follow up and and ask them for more information and put it back on on them and and actually listen, you're farther ahead than than a lot of salespeople. I'm curious, 
where you advise people to find the balance between gathering both personal and professional information, right? I mean, the professional information is about whatever problem they are solving about their company, their needs and so on. But when should or should reps learn about people's families and personal interests and so on? I sometimes wonder, you know, is the sales rep just asking me about my wife and kids and pets just as a technique as opposed to genuine, authentic compassion? I think up front to build trust and allow prospects to open up to you, they have to know that you understand their business and their challenges. I never start with personal. I mean, there's always small talk. You can always, uh, you know, warm them up a little bit by, you know, mentioning something about the, you know, current state or the weather or family or whatever that is. Um, I think first to focus on their business and their challenges. I don't know if a lot of prospects, you know, care if you, you know, understand their family. I think once you get through and you build trust with them from a business perspective, the personal relationship will naturally develop. But I think you have to build trust on a professional level first, and then that comes with time. I think they both can be beneficial, but ultimately I think they want to they know that you're an expert and you can provide them value from a business perspective first. Well, it's very sage advice. I love the perspective on it will naturally develop is the degree of your own comfort with talking about things in your life, the degree of their comfort. I was also listening to something on NPR earlier today. We're literally in each other's homes all the time now in a way that we weren't before. And you hear the barking dogs and the kids, the cute little kids, you know, run in and tug on on mom or dad's shirt sleeves. It's really wonderful, I think, in, in many ways that we've begun to see ourselves as true humans. It's the, the classic thing of when you first see your teacher at the, your elementary school teacher at the grocery store and you realize they don't live at school. <laughs> it's very <laughs> true. Find, yeah, you find out about their lives. Well, Kara, it was it's truly wonderful having you on. If people do want to learn more about opportunities at List Track or, or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can go to our website and there is a, a link to request more information. Awesome. Thank you. I also want to thank you for being, I think, one of the first ever Sales Loft customers and, and staying with us over the years. So thank you so much for being a part of the family. Of course. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.